Welcome to Late Night Talks, a place for growth, stability, and transformation. The podcast for men and for the women who want to understand men. My name is Amy Jo. I am a certified clinical hypnotherapist, Reiki master, and a life strategist. Here, we take you to the next level of your journey mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Hey, hey, how's it going? Welcome to the show. Super awesome to be here with you tonight. I hope you are creating some good things in your life. I want to extend a big warm welcome to the newest listeners here, and I want to say a big shout out to Beverly Hills. It's great to have you, and I hope you gain some value. I realize that you have to have a very open mind with some of the information that I share here, and I always say that a closed mind is a trapped mind. Placing walls and borders around the mind is like placing limits on yourself, Just because you have an open mind, it doesn't mean that you have to adopt what's being said. You know, you don't have to adopt that to being your truth. It just means that you're willing to listen. And then you have the ability to reject anything that is being said, any of the suggestions. You know, opening the window to the mind keeps the movement of energy in flow. (laughs) So tonight we're going to carry out the conversation Speaking on the universal laws, we shared the law of oneness, the law of vibration, and in this episode, we're going to be covering the law of correspondence, what it is and how to practice it. So this is probably going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, only because there's only so much information about this law. And to be honest with you, the core of what Late Night Talks is really about is what we're talking about is the inner work, the self-awareness and bringing ourselves to a higher consciousness. So today we're going to focus on this law of correspondence. And it's just like all the other universal laws. It's here to guide us to have a life of harmony, of inner peace, of understanding. But the thing about it is knowing these laws isn't the same as mastering them. Nothing changes by just knowing them, right? But it's really about embodying them. So before we get into the details of this law, here's a bit of the historical significance of this correspondence principle. There's strong evidence that the rule of correspondence, it's been shaping esoteric, philosophical, scientific, and even religious perspectives for close to 2000 years. So the microcosm and the macrocosm theory It's a common way to describe this concept, the concept that through learning about the microcosm, which is one's own life, one may better comprehend the macrocosm, which is the universe, as above, so below. In the eyes of Pythagoras, the universe and the body are one and the same. The micro-macrocosmic idea was initially proposed by Plato almost a century later. So this indicates that the circumstances of your outer world are reflecting the state of your inner world, right? Consequently, in order to change your circumstances, you're going to need to change the way you think, 
which includes the way you feel, the assumptions that you make, the beliefs that you hold, and so forth. This fundamental rule asserts that there's patterns to be found everywhere in the universe. Everything is interconnected and affects everything else. Each of us is a little representation of a much larger universe. This is where the three planes of existence come in. We have the physical, the mental, and the spiritual realms. And all of these planes are connected and they all communicate with one another. We're all made of the same elements, just in different forms. But the only difference is the rate of vibration and frequency between everything. So clear communication has to happen between these lower energies, you know, of the physical mind, meaning here on earth, and the higher energies of the divine or the universe or God. And our bodies and our minds are constantly in, they're in constant communication with something bigger at all times. But most people are unaware of this phenomenon. You know, our personal connections, physical health, financial situation, and every other area of our life are all reflections of our thoughts, of our feelings, according to the law of correspondence. And most things are drawn to us because of who we are, because of what we think and how we behave. Now, to some extent, I'd like to add, there are horrific things that happen to people in the world, and we don't always have control of this. Horrible things happen to the babies, to children, to even adults for various reasons. And some are our own doing, and some are imposed upon us. But what matters here is how we choose to deal with life's adversities. You know, no one here goes unscathed. We were never promised a life without suffering. Many people blame whomever for the evil that takes place, but the devil lives in the mind of man. And Mother Nature, she has her own process. So life is both joy and pain. If life doesn't teach us these things, we wouldn't obtain any wisdom. And wisdom is our greatest treasure. It's like gold. We gain wisdom through experience. But if we're holding on to things that have happened to us, to heavy negative energies or events of the past, our reality will mirror that turmoil. So if you have poor self-esteem, if you feel worthless, or if you're always angry and filled with hatred, it's going to reflect back to you like a slingshot. Most of the time, the worse you feel inside, the worse your reality is going to be. So take a good look at your world right now as it is, for instance. What does it look like outside of you? Is your world chaotic? And if it is, that's a good indication that your internal world is chaotic too. But some people that are just numb to it, they might not even notice it or maybe not want to notice it. Sometimes we try and change our circumstances from an external standpoint, but nothing usually changes. Maybe only temporarily, say, if we're leaving a relationship because we are unhappy, yet we find ourselves reliving the same pattern. And that's because we're not changing the roots, which comes from ourselves which is a lot of times held in the subconscious. So let's use a tree for an example. You can tell from the outside of a tree what's going on on the inside, right? It looks healthy, it's thriving. You know its root system is in good working order. 
But if it's rotting and has disease, something from within is happening. Maybe the roots are constricted and not getting enough nourishment. So as you adopt this new paradigm, a new way of living your life, you're going to notice the waters start to calm and that you'll start to align with a higher energies like God and the universe. And you really want to examine your beliefs. Be very aware, you know, first about yourself, ourselves, about your beliefs about others, and then about the world. Look at your emotions. Are you frequently depressed and angry? What are your thoughts? Are they more negative or are they more positive? Life is like a mirror, a 360 degree mirror. And you can gaze in any direction and there's reflections of yourself waiting for you there, waiting to be seen. So the impact of, of changing the inner world will create a dramatic shift in one's life. And as you can see, all the laws that I've shared so far relate. There's communication system between the layers of each law. There's an order. The first one was realizing that all things are the same, atoms and particles alike, and that we're just one big organism as a whole, which is the oneness. The second is the vibration of these atoms and the waves. The higher the frequency, the more aligned you are with your truth. The lower the frequency, the more misaligned with your truth. And today, with the law of correspondence, this is how that language takes place. And a poisoned view of life keeps us from finding out who we really are and how everything is connected to us. No one can really understand their, themselves without a higher state of consciousness. Being conscious is being self-aware. It's seeing the patterns of our own lives and what those patterns mean. It's self-ownership. And consciousness manifests itself in our mental and emotional behavioral processes, the mind, body, and spirit. As an example, in energy medicine, just to understand, you know, how deep you can go when you're raising your consciousness, it's frequently the case that physical ailments may be easily remedied once their underlying spiritual causes are addressed. So the easiest approach to achieving this is to think about the location and the function of your health problem. Let's take arthritis of, say, the right knee, for an example, as, as a symbol, flexibility, okay? That represents a person who is rigid, inflexible, unwilling to change or let go, and possibly someone who's stubborn. So arthritis is linked to negative emotions, including anger and bitterness, and just even a general sense of rejection. So I just wanted to give you that because we can go so far when we raise our consciousness up and open our mind to the possibilities of what is. So tune into your body. Do you have some body aches and pains where you're holding things? A lot of time that's blocked energy. When we're raising our consciousness, when we're doing this kind of work, how to, to practice the law of correspondence, there has to be harmony between the two hemispheres of the neocortex, the brain's higher thinking region. In order to 
really fully accept the rule of correspondence. See, the left hemisphere is rational. It's fact-oriented. It's analytical. Whereas the right hemisphere, it's more intuitive. It's emotional. It's artistic. And instability occurs when one hemisphere of the brain is much stronger than the other. So when one dominates the other, a person whose left brain dominates their right brain, maybe on a, on a consistent basis, for example, they may have a hard time expressing their feelings, or they're going to always feel the urge to have control. And a person who is, is too dominated in their right brain, they might be too naive, too emotional, too submissive. So we really want to create balance when we're looking at our thoughts, when we're looking at our emotions and our beliefs. We must be in tune with both sides equally. Be mindful from moment to moment. Observe your thoughts, your emotions, and your spiritual states. You know, how are people treating you in the world? What are your dominant thoughts? What is your default mood and attitude on a day-to-day basis? I'm not going to go into deep detail about this just because I think most of you are very well aware of, you know, this process, the information's all over the internet. But, you know, when you journal, when you write affirmations, you have to feel affirmations say affirmations, but only if you believe them. Otherwise, you're just going to be wasting your time. Belief is everything. Holding gratitude in your heart. Gratitude alone shifts your paradigm. Wanting will consistently place you in a state of lack. And in order to be abundant, we have to already feel like we have all that we need, that we're content with what we have. And to really believe that, to be happy with what you have. This is why it's so important to focus on the spiritual self that's seeking to manifest it in your physical existence. You know, since every action you perform reflects that process. When the ideas, feelings, and words we project out into the world don't line up with the highest wisdom, the universe sends that energy back to us until it matches. And the rule of correspondence says that we should keep thinking about these problems until we can find a resolution, keep working on them. So when you find yourself having a negative experience, recognize that there's disharmony somewhere in your inner world and your surroundings are reflecting back to you. That mirror image is the damaged self, not the true self. Well, it's not damaged, it's the wounded self. And this is where the unhealed, programmed parts of the subconscious mind show up in your outer world in that 360 degree mirror. So, you know, how does that look to you? And when you get access to the higher mind, you're going to have a sharper perspective allowing you to connect with your inner world, with your inner self, healing the shadows of the subconscious mind and just listen and watch to, to what the world is showing you. And if someone's rude to you, you should respond with compassion. If someone's hurt you, send them love. The quote, treat people how you would like to be treated is so true. This is the mastery of, of one's unhealed aspects. 
each of us is accountable for our own evolution so that we might experience that heaven on earth. All right, I think that I pretty much covered it. I think you guys get the big picture here. And, you know, if you ever need assistance with anything, you can certainly feel free to reach out to me at ConsciousWisdomHealing.com or ConsciousWisdomHealing at gmail.com. Okay? Be well, take care, and I hope to see you here next time.